listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. I just want to start off the the show by saying thank you to all the support out there. Uh, if you've been following on Twitter at Not Takes FF, uh, I've been trying to communicate. Uh, you know, our recording schedules been a little off and on over the past week. Like I said, just been dealing with some personal stuff, and it's always family over everything. Um, so. Uh, once again, thank you for the support and, and apologize for the infrequency of the episodes, but I think we're going to get back on track next week. But as I stated earlier on Twitter that, uh, you know, just dropped the week four rankings and that's what I'm going to be covering with you today. So yeah, you're flying solo with Bob today and thank you for taking the time out to listen to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast as always. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah, I'll be getting caught up on some news, go over my week four rankings, give some details on the rankings. Uh, we just released them earlier today as I record on Wednesday night. So once again, just thank you to everybody out there for the support and and hope to have Dan back rocking and rolling on, on Sunday if, if everything goes as planned. So um, hopefully that'll get us back on schedule and look forward to having Dan back on the show and, and just talking fantasy football like we always do. But before I go into the rankings, just want to get caught up on, on a lot of news that has been coming out lately and obviously the big piece and I was prepared to talk about it on our normal Tuesday episode, but you know things just got in the way that we'll, we'll discuss at a later time. But the biggest news is obviously Saquon Barkley is going to miss four to eight weeks with his high ankle sprain. I know as of today, he's going to seek a second opinion, but it sounds like that four to eight week timeline and everything you're seeing about the high ankle sprain is that... You know, unless if things drastically change around for the Giants, probably going to keep him out that eight weeks. Like gets him up to, I believe, his bye week, and then uh, fully healthy on the return from the bye. So, like what we saw out of Daniel Jones and the offense as a whole against Tampa Bay, and they get another favorable matchup with the Redskins that we'll talk about. But obviously, Saquon Barkley is a key piece of the future of this team alongside of Daniel Jones. So. First thing and most importantly is make sure that guy is completely healthy before he steps on the field. So um, if your waivers didn't cut, um, I personally wasn't going after Wayne Gallman, even if I needed running back help of sorts. Now, he will obviously get the workload and I will be talking about him in the running back portion of the rankings. But, you know, opportunity is king, but I don't just the talent to me. It did. It didn't speak to me. So. Yeah, if you listen to other podcasts, there were some crazy waiver bids for this guy. Um, you know, I personally wasn't going for him, but if you're in need of running back help and your waivers haven't processed and you're listening to the show, I could see spending 30% of your budget. Or if you're desperately in need of running back help going higher than that, but he just wasn't for me. So hopefully Saquon heals up. Obviously, he's one of the best running backs in the league in year two already. Uh, he was one of the best and the best fantasy running back last year. So hopefully he, he gets back healthy and we can see this Giants offense really built around weapons like him, Jones, Ingram, Shepard, Tate. Uh, they could have a sneaky good offense if they can keep all those pieces together. So Next up, Rashad Penny. Uh, curiously injured his hamstring in a walkthrough last week and he did not practice Wednesday. And Boy, is he missing out on a prime time. I know Coach Carroll has said that uh, you know he still believes in Chris Carson, but 
he darn near fumbled two games away. So uh, if Penny was healthy, I would like to see if he would get more involved. But unfortunately, uh, he's still dealing with that hamstring injury, and we'll see what happens. Um, obviously, if he doesn't play, Carson's going to have a monster game, but he's got to get those fumbles under control. And hopefully, Rashad Penny, somebody I invested in in my league of record, uh, gets back healthy soon because I think he's missing a prime opportunity to really try and take a hold of this job if Carson continues his fumbling woes. And good news out of nowhere for the Chargers camp. Uh, Ian Rappaport reports Melvin Gordon will report to the Chargers tomorrow but will not play week four. And we'll see what happens week five if they decide to ramp him up slowly because Austin Eckler's been doing a great job. Justin Jackson's look good and even his uh, mop-up duty slash pinch hitting type of role for the offense but with Eckler being so good and so dynamic um, you know I don't know what they necessarily do if uh, Eckler still gets more of a workload than he did last year when he was splitting time with Gordon but I don't think you can just take the guy off the field regardless uh, of what Gordon can provide which if you listen to us last year he was one of my favorite targets and had a monster season has been great um, but it sounds like he will be back um you know, I'm sure on Sunday I already have been getting uh, some questions on Twitter about what to do with Eckler. I'm still holding on to him because at worst case scenario, he's a very good flex option every week, even with Gordon there. So I wouldn't ditch too early on Eckler, but interesting to see what's going to happen with Melvin Gordon reporting back here uh, this Thursday. So we'll see what happens. Mike Williams with the back did not practice Wednesday. Obviously, his rookie year, he did have back issues, which Dan and I sort of pivoted off him in our Dynasty League and traded him. At the time, we were banking on Martavis Bryant. That didn't pay off, but just something to be concerned about with uh, back injuries in the past. And maybe the coaches decide to sit him due to the fact that they're playing the JV Miami Dolphins team. Both Emmanuel Sanders and Royce Freeman were limited. Sanders with the quad, Freeman with a shoulder. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's anything to be worried about as of right now, but something to check back on with those teams, uh, with those two players as their team goes against the Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend. Sean McCoy was limited with an ankle. Uh, doesn't seem like there's much to be concerned about. As I think it's a good sign that he's practicing. Um, but I thought he looked pretty good uh, in his role as the quote-unquote lead dog with Damian Williams out, and Damian Williams was still unavailable as well. So if he's healthy, uh, I'm, I'm liking McCoy, just really anybody in this offense. So it uh, looks like he should be okay, but something to check back on. Case Keenum, uh, Coach Jay Gruden says he's still the starter. I know he had an x-ray uh, on his foot. So we'll see what happens there. Um, right now, I, I will be talking about him in the rankings, but obviously, um, if that foot becomes a problem, uh, somebody you have to pivot away from. Rex Burkett with a foot was limited uh, at practice on Wednesday. Who knows what to believe with the New England Patriots injury reports. I can never decipher them until right around game time, but I think Rex Burkett's been looking better than Sony Michelle as a whole. So... Somebody I've liked and have picked up in a few leagues. And, um, you know, I think as long as he's healthy, I think he's going to be a very good piece of this offense. Amari Cooper just seems like he had just a checkup type of MRI on his ankle. Uh, it doesn't sound like there was anything as far as health concerns that should uh, cause any concerns. But 
we shall pay attention to this because he's been that elite wide receiver one for a great Dallas Cowboys offense and one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year in Dak Prescott. Doesn't sound like anything to be concerned about, but just something to pay attention to. Uh, Chris Godwin, hip, is not practicing Wednesday. Uh, Arians is labeling him day-to-day, but something to pay attention to. Obviously, like we said, we knew the Mike Evans explosion was going to happen, so Godwin took a back seat, but I still like him as a as a high-volume type of play on, on a weekly basis as long as he's healthy. And the last one I want to talk about is Julian Edelman with a chest. It does look like he's practicing and on track to play, so... Obviously, without Antonio Brown and uh, just his role being solidified and the familiarity with Tom Brady, I'm firing him up regardless of any matchup as a guy that could catch 8, 9, 10 balls at any given day. And I apologize, I got a little too ahead of myself here, but for the Philadelphia Eagles, since they do play, depending on when you're listening to this, either tomorrow or if you're listening to it Thursday morning, uh, would affect tonight's game. Deshaun Jackson groin is out for the matchup against the Packers. Alshon Jeffrey was removed from the injury report and will play, so that's good news for Carson Wentz, but we'll see how effective Jeffrey is. Uh, Still holding on to Nelson Aguilar for one more week until Jackson is back, and he could be that high-volume type of play. Um, But it looks like, you know, Aguilar's monster target type of role could be diminishing with the return of Jeffrey, and then it sounds like Jackson could be back in week five. So, like I said, just wanted to catch up on the news since I didn't do a Tuesday night podcast where we normally get caught up with all the news and notes. But in this time, I'm ready to get into my week four rank. If you've listened to the Not Takes Fantasy Football podcast before, you know just how much we love the draft app. We continually do best ball drafts throughout the year, and during the season, we have a weekly segment called Getting Drafty on Draft that drops every Thursday. Now we are proud to announce our affiliation with the best fantasy app out there. We would greatly appreciate if you would support our show by using our new link, draft.com forward slash not takes. For those of you that don't already have a FanDuel or Draft account, signing up to Draft using that link gets you a free $3 entry to any contest of your choice after your initial deposit. We personally recommend a season-long best ball draft and trust us, When you start, you're going to be hooked. Once you get your account situated, come challenge myself or Dan on draft. You can find me, Bob, on draft at NotTakesBob. That's N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-B-O-B. And you can find Dan at DJBenwa33. That's D-J-B-E-N-W-A-33. Once again, our link is draft.com forward slash NotTakes. That's N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S. We can't wait to see you all get drafty on draft with us. Quarterback. And if you're new to the rankings uh, show that we do every week, uh, we drop our rankings on Twitter at NotTakesFF. We do the top 25 for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. We do the top 12 for the defense. So I'm going to go ahead and get started with the quarterbacks. Number one, and you could pretty much write this in every week. I'd even consider on a bye week. I'm sure somehow we'd put up points there. But Patrick Mahomes at Detroit. Number two this week, we got Russell Wilson at Arizona. Three, Deshaun Watson at home against Carolina. Four, Lamar Jackson home versus Cleveland. Five, Dak Prescott at New Orleans. Six, Phillip Rivers at Miami. Seven, Aaron Rodgers home versus Philadelphia. Eight, Jared Goff home versus Tampa Bay. 
9. Tom Brady at Buffalo. 10. Daniel Jones, home versus Washington. 11. Carson Wentz at Green Bay. 12. Matt Ryan, home versus Tennessee. 13. Kyler Murray, home versus Seattle. 14. Matthew Stafford, home versus Kansas City. 15. For now, Case Keenum at the New York Giants. 16. Jacoby Brissett, home versus Oakland. 17. Jameis Winston at the LA Rams. 18. Andy Dalton at Pittsburgh. 19. Mason Rudolph, home versus Cincinnati. 20. Kyle Allen at Houston. 21. Josh Allen, home versus New England. 22. Baker Mayfield at Baltimore. 23. Gardner Minshew at Denver. 24. Derek Carr, home versus Indy. And 25, Teddy Bridgewater, home versus Dallas. So what I like to do is give some more detailed notes behind some of the rankings. So I'm going to start with Russell Wilson. And just when we thought last year was unsustainable with his high efficiency rates and high touchdown rates, Wilson has come out of the gate flying with a 71.4% completion rate, 901 passing yards, seven touchdowns and zero interceptions. I mean, this guy just does not turn the ball over, and he's so efficient and so deadly accurate with his passing. He gets one of the best matchups of the week. The Cardinals are a bottom third team in passing yards per game and are tied for second for the most passing touchdowns allowed with nine. He seems to be finding a stride with his weapons, Will Disley, Tyler Lockett, both who we'll be talking about here shortly, but... Yeah, there's not much that you can't say about this guy's game. He doesn't need to be the high-volume passer. Now, last week he had to do that. They were playing catch-up. And in the second half, especially the fourth quarter, he really turned it on and made his fantasy day because he had to. But this guy could throw 24 passes and still be a top-five type quarterback. And with this matchup, with him really clicking with his weapons, I just think he's in for a monster week. I know in some of the leagues that I own, both him and uh, Josh Allen got a little too cute, played Josh Allen for most of the day. It looked like, okay, that's not a bad play. And then Wilson went off in that fourth quarter. So lesson learned. Number six, Phillip Rivers. I think every week somebody plays Miami, we're going to highlight one of these players. But Phillip Rivers, I mean, basically take what I said about Wilson as far as the team that he plays and carry that same sentiment about the Dolphins. The Dolphins are bottom five in passing yards per game allowed, while they have allowed the most passing touchdowns so far with 10. So I could easily see Rivers throwing for three touchdowns this week. He doesn't even need the yardage because I'm sure they could get points and yards whichever way they want to. But I could easily see this being a three-touchdown game for Phillip Rivers, and I'm definitely firing him up in a league where... I picked him up when the news about Cam Newton was coming out, and I'm glad I did. So looks like I'll be sort of playing a streaming type of approach. But Phillip Rivers against Miami, I took a little peek ahead the week before and knew this was coming, so I was ready for it. Number 10, Daniel Jones versus Washington. This guy had a historical debut against Tampa Bay, and he set up beautifully for another big game. Without Saquon, this team should have to lean on the pass more. Washington just let up three passing touchdowns that should have been four if Mitchell Trubisky was a more competent quarterback and he just threw a run right into the defensive cornerback's hands that should have been an easy gimme touchdown. So while Daniel Jones' schedule is going to get rough after this week, he should have another big game. And if you picked him up, obviously I'm starting him over players like Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford. So 
that tells you what type of matchup and just the way he looked just screamed uh you know another big game is in the works for this guy now 15 like i said before it's obviously pending what happens with this x-ray and with his foot but case keenum at the new york giants so just talked about daniel jones keenum's not too far behind him if he plays while it's not pretty, Case Keenum is currently sitting at number 10 in our QB ranking based on our League of Records scoring through three weeks. So uh, if you're not familiar with our scoring formats, I know we've said it in the past, we do reward for big plays and bonuses over 300 and things of that nature. But still, in any setting, he's he's not a bad quarterback option. Uh, I, would, I would think at worst, he's probably about a top 15, depending on settings. The guy's averaging over 300 passing yards per game and over two touchdowns a game. So with a team that's always going to be in negative game scripts and an emerging wide receiver in Terry McLaurin, plus a defense this week that's fantasy friendly, if he plays, I like him a lot this week. He's definitely a streaming option. But once again, you have to pay attention to that x-ray on his foot that caused him to miss the walkthrough that occurred on Wednesday. And if he doesn't, we could be seeing the rookie uh, Dwayne Haskins come up so just something to pay attention to but if he does play like I said I do like him this week 18 Andy Dalton so similar to Case Keenum while it's not pretty Dalton has been a top 10 fantasy quarterback in our league of record scoring actually sitting at number eight however one thing you do need to bring out is there is your normal one o'clock and four o'clock Andy Dalton that could be good and explosive and then there is the primetime Andy Dalton did you know the Bengals are 6-15 in primetime games since 2011 when Andy Dalton was a rookie, including 2-5 on Monday night? And depending on what stats, I was looking at stats from 2017 just to get an idea. His interception to touchdown ratio is awful and his QBR is awful in primetime games. For some reason, when literally the lights are on the brightest, this guy seems to crumble. The Steelers' secondary, say what you will about how they lost the game. I'm from Pittsburgh. I, it was disgusting how they lost the game. But that secondary with Mika Fitzpatrick was causing all kinds of problems for Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers. So I, I think that redone secondary can can help keep the passing under control. They just really got to watch out for big plays from players like John Ross. So the question is, do you believe that Dalton's going to get out of this primetime funk? Or will the Steelers keep him being Andy Dalton that just folds under pressure under the big time lights? So we shall see. But those are the quarterbacks that I wanted to give a little more detail in my reasoning behind the rankings. And I want to pivot now to look at the week four running back rankings. Running back. At number one for the running backs, Christian McCaffrey at Houston. Two, Alvin Kamara, home versus Dallas. Three, Zeke Elliott at New Orleans. Four, Austin Eckler at Miami. Five, Dalvin Cook at Chicago. Six, Derrick Henry at Atlanta. Seven, we've got Mark Ingram home versus Cleveland. Eight, Marlon Mack home versus Oakland. Nine, Todd Gurley home versus Tampa Bay. Ten, David Johnson home versus Seattle. Eleven, James Conner home versus Cincinnati. Twelve, Chris Carson at Arizona. Thirteen, Kerryon Johnson home versus Kansas City. 14, Nick Chubb at Baltimore. 15, Leonard Fournette at Denver. 16, Aaron Jones home versus Philadelphia. 17, Josh Jacobs at Indianapolis. 18, we got Joe Mixon at Pittsburgh. 19, LaShawn McCoy at Detroit. 
20, Devonta Freeman, home versus Tennessee. 21, Chris Thompson at the New York Giants. 22, Philip Lindsay, home versus Jacksonville. 23, David Montgomery, home versus Minnesota. 24, Wayne Gallman, home versus Washington. 25, Rex Burkhead at Buffalo. So I want to jump back up to Austin Eckler. We talked about it earlier. Obviously, the news could dampen here shortly with the impending return of Melvin Gordon, but I wouldn't worry about that right now if you're an Eckler owner. He's got one of the best matchups for the entire Week 4 running back slate. The Dolphins are allowing 38.3 rush attempts per game, 624 rush yards, that's 208 rushing yards per game, and six rushing touchdowns. So like I said, while there's news about Melvin Gordon coming back, don't worry. This week should be a massive, massive performance from Eckler. I wouldn't doubt if he approaches 100 rushing yards, 70 receiving yards with multiple touchdowns. I think he's going to get it whichever way they feel like they want to scheme it in against this Miami Dolphins team. Seven, Mark Ingram. I'm going to stay with a player that just scored three rushing touchdowns in a shootout versus the Chiefs. He's getting a very nice workload with around 14 rush attempts per game. He's averaging a healthy six yards per rush and has five touchdowns so far through three games. Now, some might say he hasn't been overly involved in the past game, but he has doubled his targets and receptions over each of the game. He went from zero to two to four. So I guess with that math, is he going to get eight this week? I doubt that's going to happen, but it does show that they are leaning on him a little bit more in the passing game which will only elevate his floor as he's dominating rush attempts. And he just looks great. I mean, the guy single-handedly tried to keep the game together for them against Kansas City last week. So this is what you were hoping for if he got to Baltimore as a run-heavy offense where he's the lead dog. And as of right now, that's what it's spelling out to me. So I'm staying with Mark Ingram as he goes up against Cleveland. I'm going to target the Monday night game now with the next two players I want to talk about. At 11, James Conner versus Cincinnati. I guess the best way to describe really the whole Pittsburgh offense and Connor has been eh so far this week. You're expecting so much more as you invested a very early second or possibly a back end first round type of pick on James Connor. If he can't get it going against a team that's giving up the second most rushing yards per game at 168.7, then I think it's time to really push the panic button on James Connor. The new quarterback in Rudolph should lean on Connor, and I'm saying that he gets around 18 rush attempts or more this game, which allows Rudolph to set up a play-action pass, which can allow some bigger passing plays and safer pockets for him to work with. So I think Connor's going to get it going with this game. I think they, they learn and they see that this team that they're playing in the Cincinnati Bengals can't really stop anybody on the ground, and I think they make an effort to really get him going. So I'm holding the fort and keeping the faith that this is the week where they start to get him going and try to establish their first win of the year. Now, if we jump down to 18 and Joe Mixon, the same things that were said about Connor could hold true with Mixon. The Bengals are facing a Steelers defense that is giving up the fifth most rushing yards per game at 139.3. He's coming off of his highest usage game with 15 rush attempts, two receptions, and one touchdown. The things I said about Connor, where they're going to lean on him, I think it's going to hold true with Cincinnati. I think the the primetime Andy Dalton, the fact that they're playing a Steelers rush defense that is giving up the amount of yards that they are, 
And the fact that Mixon is coming off of his best game so far this year, I think they try to lean on him to try and lure those safeties and cornerbacks in to try and blow the top off of it with John Ross. So I expect them once again to give Mixon his highest usage as they try to get the ball going on the ground to help ease the concerns that Andy Dalton will normally face on a primetime game. So look for a bounce back. Even though I have him ranked at 18th, I think that could be low, but I just like a lot of the other options in front of him, which is why I've got him ranked where I do. 21, Chris Thompson at the Giants. So Thompson's never going to really crush it in the rushing game, but he provides such a great value in the receiving game, getting seven, five, and four receptions through three games. So if you're in a PPR type of league, he's a guy that you can feel comfortable starting if you're missing a Lev Bell, a Matt Braid, or even a Raheem Mostert, who are all on buys this week. I'm actually starting him over David Montgomery based on the matchup in a full PPR league and pairing him with Dalvin Cook in my backfield. I just think he's going to catch a lot. I think he could break a long one, and I think he does get into the end zone against this New York Giants team. So... In my league of record, I'm sort of tossing around the idea of do I want to play Thompson or Nelson Aguilar? And I'm going to keep going back and forth on that one. I'm leaning right now towards Aguilar, but the more I look into Thompson, the more I look into the matchup. And the fact that I'm just not sure if I want to be heavily invested in Thursday night games because it has burned me in the first couple weeks here. I may pivot to Thompson in that option, but I think he's a valuable play this week if you have any type of PPR setting. Last guy I want to talk about in more detail is Wayne Gallman. I said I'd talk about him when I was discussing Saquon Barkley. So Gallman is just not a guy I was targeting to pick up on any, any waivers, but if one thing's key in fantasy football, it's opportunity, and he's going to get the full opportunity, it sounds like, at least for this week. So... Did a little more digging into him, and in a Week 14 start against the Skins last year, he rushed for an unappealing 14 attempts for 38 yards. That's 2.71 per attempt. Now, this doesn't look like the same Redskins defense as last year, where they now allow 142 rushing yards per game. But if there were a week where I'm going to attempt to use Wayne Gallman if I pick him up, it's this week, and I think he could provide some flex-level value. But once again was just not a guy I was very interested in targeting. But if you were the Saquon Barkley owner or if you just had some running back depth issues, he should get the work. So I could see why you would have gone that route. But that covers the running backs that I wanted to go into detail on. Let's go ahead and move to the wide receivers. Wide receiver. Number one this week, I said it would probably always be DeAndre Hopkins, but... Had to go with Keenan Allen, one, at Miami, two, Julio Jones, home versus Tennessee, three, DeAndre Hopkins, home, Carolina, four, Devontae Adams, home versus Philly, five, Amari Cooper at New Orleans, six, Odell Beckham Jr. at Baltimore, seven, Juju Smith-Schuster, home versus Cincinnati, eight, Tyler Lockett at Arizona, nine, Michael Thomas, home versus Dallas. 10, Mike Evans at the LA Rams, followed by his teammate Chris Godwin at 11. 12, Cooper Cup home versus Tampa Bay. 13, Sammy Watkins at Detroit. 14, Brandon Cooks home Tampa Bay. 15, Kenny Galladay, excuse me, home versus Kansas City. 16, Larry Fitzgerald home Seattle. 17, Julian Edelman at Buffalo. 
18, Sterling Shepard, home, Washington. 19, Terry McLaurin at the New York Giants. 20, Robert Woods, home, Tampa Bay. 21, Tyler Boyd at Pittsburgh. 22, Calvin Ridley, home versus Tennessee. 23, Mike Williams at Miami. 24, Christian Kirk, home, Seattle. And 25, Adam Thielen at Chicago. So I want to go back up and talk about my number one wide receiver, Keenan Allen. He's leading the league with 404 receiving yards. He's almost 100 full yards ahead of the next wide receiver, which is Sammy Watkins, who's sitting at 311. He's also leading the league with 29 receptions and 42 targets. Add to that that he's playing the Miami Dolphins team. I mean, watch out. I mean, there is no reason why he can't be the number one wide receiver this week with all of this information and who he's playing going in his favor. And number four, Devonta Adams, Thursday night, home versus Philadelphia. He's been a bit of a disappointment this year. I mean, uh, no other way to say it. But to me, this game almost looks and feels like what happened to Mike Evans last week where the full breakout occurs. The fact that it's the matchup, the defense is giving up some valuable numbers to wide receivers, and the news out from Aaron Rodgers that he just wants to get him and Jimmy Graham more involved, which, as far as Adams is concerned, makes total sense to me. The Eagles give up the sixth most receiving yards so far at 901 through three weeks, and the seventh most receptions was 75. I just feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to target him and pepper him left and right in this game. And we're going to get a vintage performance similar to what we did last year where he was either giving you like 80 yards or a touchdown as his minimum performance. So I think if you've held the fort and didn't panic drop him or panic trade him, you're going to be rewarded this week because he's about to go off. Eight, Tyler Lockett. Is anyone now worried about the week one game where he only had two targets and one reception that he did end up taking into the end zone? Vintage Tyler Lockett from last year. Since then, in the following two weeks, weeks two and three, he's seen a whopping 26 targets, 21 receptions, 233 yards, and a touchdown. Wilson, to me right now, is the second hardest quarterback in the league behind Patrick Mahomes, who is just constantly on fire, which is why I jokingly said, even when Mahomes is on a bye week, he's still probably the number one quarterback because he'll find a way to put numbers up somehow for you. Just like last year, similar to what Wilson was doing, Lockett's doing a lot of the same thing. He's catching a crazy 78.6% of his targets. With this matchup, with Wilson and him having such a great rapport, you start him with confidence at this time. 19, scary Terry McLaurin. What else can you say about this rookie? People thought coming in he was in one of the worst situations uh, being drafted to the Washington Redskins right out of the gate. Well, we can toss that to the side for right now because McLaurin is in the record books as the first wide receiver to have five catches and a touchdown in his first three games. Expect the good times to keep up against a very soft New York Giants defense. I definitely like him a lot with Keenum, but I even think if the rookie Haskins gets going, they play together in Ohio State, there is some familiarity there, so there's not a need to ramp that up. I'm sure that can just pick back up, almost like riding a bike between those two. And the defense is just so soft. So I think regardless, he's going to have a nice game. For those that invested early, probably got him off waivers, and now I can put him in the game. Because right now, you're getting five catches and a touchdown. That seems to be his baseline at this point, which is crazy for a rookie, especially on that team. 
And 24, Christian Kirk. Did you know that Kirk is tied for 8th in receptions with 20 through 3 weeks? Did you also know that he's tied for 3rd in targets with 32? He's starting to become a main target for Kyler Murray, and I expect that to continue as the team tries to get the first win on the board against Seattle. They seem committed to letting Kyler throw all over the place, and while Larry Fitzgerald's still there, the numbers speak to it. He loves going to Christian Kirk early and often, and I expect that to continue. I wouldn't even doubt if he gets into the end zone this week as they're throwing against the Russell Wilson-led Seattle Seahawks to keep pace. So those are the wide receivers I wanted to go in more detail about. Let's shift our focus to the tight end position. Tight end. Number one this week, it's Travis Kelsey at Detroit. Two, Evan Engram versus Washington at home. Three, Will Whistling Disley at the Arizona Cardinals. Four, Mark Andrews, home Cleveland. Five, Darren Waller at the Indianapolis Colts. Six, Zach Ertz at Green Bay. Seven, Greg Olson at Houston. Eight, Delaney Walker at Atlanta. Nine, Austin Hooper, home Tennessee. Ten, Jason Witten at New Orleans. Eleven, O.J. Howard at the L.A. Rams. Twelve, T.J. Hawkinson, home Kansas City. Thirteen, Eric Ebron, home versus Oakland. Fourteen, Jarrett Cook, home versus Dallas. Fifteen, Vernon Davis at the New York Giants. 16, Jack Doyle versus Oakland, home. 17, Trey Burton, home versus Minnesota. 18, Tyler Eifert at Pittsburgh. 19, Jimmy Graham, home versus Philadelphia. 20, Gerald Everett, home versus Tampa Bay. 21, Dawson Knox, home versus New England. 22, Noah Fant, home versus Jacksonville. 23, Kyle Rudolph at Chicago. 24, Jordan Aikens, home versus Carolina. 25, Mike Kosicki, home versus the LA Chargers. And when you listen through the team or the tight ends ranked 20 through 25, it gets pretty ugly around there, doesn't it? I'm not feeling really I should jump up to 18 with Tyler Eifert and then Jimmy Graham, but once you get past like the top 12, it's starting to get dicey now that some injuries and poor play have arisen uh, for the tight end position so and with George Kittle out obviously that that frees up a spot for somebody to bump up but I want to jump back up to three with Whistling Disley I was actually tossing around the idea of can I justifiably rank this guy first this week and you're not looking too close into it and you just read the name you're probably thinking why well the Cardinals are by far the worst team against tight ends and it's by a mile In week one, they let TJ Hawkinson go six receptions, 131, and one touchdown. Okay, maybe just getting off to a slow start. And then Mark Andrews came into town and went for eight for 112 and one. Okay, that's starting to sound bad, but it can't keep up that bad, can it? Okay, well, Greg Olson might not have got the yardage, but he got the touchdown, six for 75 and two. So all those guys had number one type tight end weeks. All massive games, no matter what format that you're playing in, standard, half PPR, full PPR, tight end premium, you're loving whoever performs against them. So that's why I expect the same from Disley. I could see him more around the Greg Olson type of 6 for 70 type of uh, stat line, but I definitely see him getting in the end zone. That's pretty much a given through three weeks if you're going against the Cardinals. Five, Darren Waller. 
He's sixth in the league in targets with 29, getting 9.7 targets per game. And he's catching 26 of them. He's only missed on three targets. He's putting up boatloads of receptions and yards. He's got 267 yards. The only complaint, and I'm barely saying it's a complaint because he's getting stats everywhere else, is that he has not gotten into the end zone. He's going to get there, folks. And when he does, he's going to turn into a fixture in the top five rankings for tight ends. Number 10, Jason Witten. Seems like another year took a break to try the whole commentator gig on Monday Night Football, but he's back and he looks like his same old back-end tight end one. It's never sexy or explosive, but it's always just super steady. Through three games, he has 12 targets, 10 receptions, two touchdowns. He's a trusted weapon for Dak, and with the disappointment so far of tight ends that had big years last year and have gotten out of the gates very slow... To me, he's, if you just want that safe, I can leave him in there and know what I'm getting type of tight end with the chance of getting into the end zone. Jason Witten's your guy. I mean, he just always seems to float around that back end tight end one at worst case high end tight end two, but I don't think you're ever going to get the extreme peaks or extreme valleys with him. I think he's somebody that you can feel comfortable for playing in one of the best offenses in the entire league. And the last one I want to talk about in detail, because like I said, 18 through 25 are just, ugh, I hope I am not in a position to play any of those. But I do want to talk about Vernon Davis at 15 against the New York Giants. There are questions that have come up about whether or not Jordan play Jordan Reed will even play football this year. Now, if you watch the Monday night game, it looked like Davis and really a lot of the offense disappeared for most of the game. It took him towards the end of the game to get on the stat sheet, but I chalked that up to more of they're playing the Chicago Bears on primetime. One thing you can say about the Giants defense is they're not in the same league as the Chicago Bears. So if you have Kittle on a bye or you're sick of your current tight end and he's sitting out on the waiver, I think this is a week you might want to take a flyer on this guy because I could see him sneaking his way into the end zone. He might only give you a three for 50, but if he gets in the end zone... He's probably staring down the barrel at a tight end one type of week. So it's a combination of matchup opportunity and who knows, even if the rookie does play, maybe he leans a little bit more on the veteran and those short to intermediate routes. So I think he's safe regardless and the matchup's just too juicy. So that covers all the tight ends I want to go into detail on. Let's go ahead and close the rankings portion up by giving you the top 12 defenses. Defense. Kicking it off at number one this week is the Los Angeles Chargers at the Miami Dolphins. Do you really need me to provide any further analysis than the fact that I said at the Miami Dolphins? I I don't think so, so we're just going to leave it at that. Two, New England at Buffalo. They've been one of the most dominant defenses. They're, They're pretty much number one across the board on every defensive stat that I researched here. So I know the Buffalo Bills are 3-0, and but this is the New England Patriots division, and I think this is a game where they're just going to keep it going against the Buffalo Bills. Three, the Los Angeles Rams versus Tampa Bay. Even though Tampa Bay could probably move the ball, um, they showed it last week, albeit against the Giants. Jameis Winston's always good for turnovers, so you get points for those. So regardless if Tampa Bay does move the ball and gets points on the board, I can bank on turnovers to happen. Chicago Bears are at number four against the Minnesota Vikings. 
five Baltimore Ravens versus Cleveland against a weird looking Cleveland offense. And while Baltimore maybe hasn't been as electric as when they played the Miami Dolphins week one, uh, I think this is a game where they can get right in division and really try to take a stranglehold on this division and beat up on an offense that just doesn't look like they're clicking right now. Six, the Jacksonville Jaguars at Denver. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, while not at Antonio Brown levels, it feels like there's something different every day about this guy. First, it was an illness, injuries. Now, at least he has a good reason. He's not with the team due to, I believe, the birth of his second child. But obviously, when he's in there, he's a game changer. It sounds like Jacksonville wants to keep him, uh, regardless of what he says. And they're playing Joe Flacco. So uh, I think regardless if Ramsey does play or not, uh, it's a defense I picked up. You know, I bid on them as my second defense off the waivers behind the Chargers. Obviously, I got outbid for the Chargers, but sort of like their schedule moving forward, too. I think Jacksonville's been a little under the radar after they were so dominant two years ago. Seven, the Minnesota Vikings at Chicago. Uh, I think you're going to see Mitchell Trubisky come back down to earth. Eight, Pittsburgh at home versus Cincinnati. Um, like I said, the, the secondary, they, they've retooled it, and it's been as good as I can remember here in Pittsburgh. I know it was just one game, but they're young. I mean, I know Hayden's a little bit older, but overall, they're young in that back field. I, I think TJ Watt can get pressure, too. So, uh, like I said, primetime Andy Dalton is, is always good for a get-right game for any defense. Nine, Seattle at Arizona. Ten, Green Bay versus Philly. Green Bay's looked really good, but then you look back and they played Denver, Chicago, Minnesota. Not necessarily juggernauts now. Minnesota looked great with Dalvin Cook, but I'm curious to see now that Carson Wentz does have Alshon back. He's got Zach Ertz. Aguilar's been stepping up. Is this the first test to really see what Green Bay's defense is going to look like for the year? 11, the Dallas Cowboys at New Orleans. And 12, Indianapolis versus Oakland. Uh, while Oakland's sort of putting up yards of sorts, they, they don't look like the same offense that you saw week one. Um, Indianapolis, one thing to always take a look at is, is Darius Leonard going to be healthy? He's been in the concussion protocol. He was such a game changer last year for that defense. And uh, I think uh, Oakland's not a matchup that I would shy away from if I needed to pick up a defense. So that covers our defensive top 12 rankings and covers the entire week four early rankings that we have. As always, make sure to pay attention to us on Twitter, specifically at NotTakesFF. That's N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F. We make any updates. Uh, you know, If there's games played, if there's injuries that come out and we have somebody ranked, we'll, we'll sort of pump that into our feed and I'll update the site that I post the rankings on. And then make sure, obviously, to keep uh, in close contact our Twitter feed on Sunday where we provide assistance for those last minute start sit waiver pickups trades anything that you need to get prepared for week four uh we're here to answer them so make sure you pay attention there but on that note it's time to go ahead and close up the show i know i've said it a few times but want to keep hammering it home follow us twitter and instagram at not takes ff that's n-o-t-t-a-k-e-s-f-f i mean the interaction we can't say more about especially on twitter you guys have been great I appreciate your willingness to reach out and ask for some lineup advice. And we're always here to help. So make sure that you hit us up with any questions, comments, concerns. And we'll be sure to get back to you in a timely matter. If you prefer to do email, we have nottakesff at gmail.com. You can ask any questions there. Provide any suggestions. Be glad to respond back to you through that channel. 
You can visit us at our podcast homepage. That's anchor.fm forward slash not takes FF. That's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm forward slash not takes FF. You can listen to our show through that site or through the app on your phone. You can follow us there. Best thing is, if you have a platform of choice that you would like to listen to us on, they provide direct links. We're on 12 total platforms at this time. So they'll get you right where you need to go so you can follow us on the platform of your choice. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment out of your day, 15 seconds even, give us a five-star rating and review if you really like what we're doing. That five-star rating really helps get our show out there. We're supremely independent. We're just two guys that love talking about fantasy football. So any support that you can give us, that's probably the best support. We greatly appreciate it and we take our feedback to heart. I was even talking to Dan's brother, Tom, who does the intro and outro song for us. And he said, hey, I heard you guys talk about the, the guy that had suggestions about the, the audio quality in some of the episodes. I'd be glad to help you. If we don't get that feedback, we don't get that type of help. So please keep it up. Any platform that you're on, though, make sure you subscribe. Like I said, we're hoping with this Sunday we get back into our normal recording schedule here and I can Dan back on the show. I know he's itching to talk fantasy football and get his mind off things. So, Dan, I'm looking forward to getting you back on there. As always, follow us on Clipcast, clipcast clipcast.app. If you just want to search out players to get specific notes, you can hear them from us and any other podcast that's out there. And as far as Tom is concerned, thank you again, my friend, for giving us this great song that brings us in and leads us out of the show. He just sent me. He is on Spotify. So if you want to listen to some more of his music that he does all of the creation the music playing the editing everything he does search for him on spotify matra m-a-t-r-a that's matra or matra tom you can correct me next time m-a-t-r-a and listen to the great music that he's uh, creating out there tom once again thoughts are with you as well my friend and thank you for such an awesome song for dan and i but until then I hope you guys kill it in week four. We're here to support you, and I will talk to you guys later.